Marianne Page is an award-winning leader and developer of high-performing teams, inspiring successful small business owners to build the simple systems and high-performing team that will ultimately free them from the day-to-day of their operation, giving them back the time to enjoy a fulfilling life, confident that their business is running as it should. Marianne has developed a number of high-performing teams on her own during her 27-year career as a senior manager with McDonald's and developed over 14,000 managers and franchises over an eight-year period as the company's training manager. For the past 10 years, Marianne has worked closely with successful business owners who have overcomplicated their life and their business, helping them to develop systems and the structure that will make their operation consistent and free them to work on their business rather than in it. Marianne is also the best-selling author of Simple, Logical, Repeatable, The McFreedom Report, and Process to Profit, a book hailed as better than the e-myth. Marianne's mission is to give every business owner the tools and the mindset they need to build a scalable business that supports the life they want to lead. And Marianne's McDonald's experience makes her one of the world's most qualified experts on the practicalities of implementing systems and building high-performing teams. This episode was recorded in December 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, Marianne Page. The Shifts to Success podcast, a show about business, entrepreneurship, and the people who've made remarkable shifts in their lives. So, Marianne, what I like to start off with these podcasts asking is, uh, where are you from and what was it like for you growing up as a a child? Was you academic? Was you sporty? You know, what was that kind of... Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I um, I like to look back at my child childhood with very rose tinted specs. I had a great, uh, I had a great life. Um, I'm I'm one of um, one of six daughters um, to my parents who uh, who lived in Concert in County Durham. Um, so I'm a northeast lass. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, actually, I think that my early childhood actually. Um, has had a big impact on on where I'm where I'm at now and what I'm and exactly what I'm doing because my my mother needed systems to get six uh, young girls. I mean, it, she 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 had had us in very quick succession. So my eldest sister was eleven when my youngest sister was born. Um, so she had to have systems <laughs> to get us up and dressed and out to school and. Um, so, so that, that was, that was where my, my systems mind, I think comes from. Um, and my dad was a, um, was an entrepreneur from, from a very early age. He, he actually left school when he was 14 and, um, started out selling sticks and ice cream and then went on to sticks in the winter and ice cream in the summer and then went on to become a, a coal merchant and, and built a, built a really successful business on, on the back of no education at all. Um, for me, was I was I academic? Uh, not really. I mean, I, you know, I, I I did all levels, A levels, did the degree, even got an MBA. Um, not that I would recommend an MBA particularly for um, for business. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but um, I learned more through being in business than I ever did through an MBA. Mm. Um, but I really, I was I was actually into my sport. 
Um, I particularly hockey. Um, I went to a school where hockey was the main sport. Um, and I, 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 I look at myself as like the Gary Neville of the, of the hockey world. <laughs> I was never particularly talented, but I worked very hard. And, um, and I, I ended up playing National League hockey. So, um, so hard work does pay off to, a, to an extent. Uh, but no, it was it was a it was a really it was a really lovely childhood. We were very lucky. Um, I know one of your questions is going to be about early jobs. I was actually very lucky. I didn't have an early job because um, my dad was successful enough that he actually um, uh, pandered to his daughters, and and we had horses. So my job was mucking out the horses. Um, in the in the morning and and riding them during the day so um i didn't ever really have a part-time job and when i talk to people now i i I do say that with a with a level of embarrassment because you know everybody has had part-time jobs and and worked really uh, worked really hard to to get a start in life and i was one of the lucky ones i guess so yeah yeah, it was a it was a good good start in life I had, Alex. <laughs> Incredible. And do you think you know mucking out the uh, you know the horses instilled some uh, you know work ethic in what you was doing? Oh crikey, my my dad in, my dad insisted on us having a work ethic. There's no doubt about that. There was no um, lying in bed to midday and sitting watching. Them. To be to be honest, when I was growing up, aging myself, there wasn't an awful lot on TV. Certainly, when there was no Netflix or binge watching <laughs> series. Um, but no, we, we were we were always encouraged to I mean my my eldest three sisters all went out and got part-time jobs. Um and we definitely were encouraged to to work hard. Um and when I started work, um, you know, if I had a, a, a sniff sniffle or a cough or a cold, my dad would be saying, Yeah, but you're going into work, aren't you? Yes, of course I'm going into work. It's <laughs> like so, you know, it was it was very much encouraged to, you know keep the what do you call it keep the cogs working keep mm. keep everything going so yeah awesome awesome stuff and you know you mentioned you you've got an mba so you went through you know your your primary school your secondary school did you go then to go into college and then university was that kind of yeah, I did. I, well i did a levels at school and then went straight into university um and and i don't i don't really do regrets but if i had a regret it would be that i didn't take a year out because i see um, I see the benefit of it with people who who taken a year out of university or even not gone to university at all, actually. Mm. Um, but it was very much the route for me was to, um, you know, uh, do A levels, get a degree, um, get a job. Um, and my mother's um, bless her, her ideal job for me was Marks and Spencers or John Lewis. Um, so when I joined McDonald's, it was I would jo- I was joining a glorified fish and chip shop, <laughs> um, but it was actually McDonald's who put me through the MBA, um, and I, you know, I'm 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 very grateful to them for that. It was it was definitely um, good in terms of expanding my thinking um, and getting me to uh, read books I, I would otherwise not have read, um, to be honest, um, but. When it came to setting up my business and I look back on my MBA, there was nothing really that that I could say now stood out as, oh, that was just the advice that I needed to to go out and, and start up my business. So mm. I'm a, in, in that respect, I'm, I'm just a little sceptical of, of um, 
of MBAs and their their benefit to those who really want to get on and, and um, uh, set up on their own and, and start a business. I agree. I completely agree. So would you say an MBA is more catered towards you know, p- managers who want to work in organizations rather yes. than full-on entrepreneurs? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. For the, you know, in the corporate world, I mean, to, to a large extent, it's just having the letters after your name. You know, people mm. are impressed when you see, in fact, I, I often forget to, to, <laughs> to say I've got an MBA at all. I, I, you know, I, I, I diss it that much, which is terrible. But people are really impressed when you say you've got an MBA because they, they consider it to be, and it probably is, the highest intellectual or uh, educational qualification you can get relating to business. Mm. Um, but, you know, it depends a lot on where you got your MBA and what, what, what it covered and who your tutors were and whether there was any practi- practical aspect to it at all. And in mine, there wasn't really any practical aspect beyond um, my corporate career. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it certainly helped me in my corporate career. Um, but beyond that, no, it was, it was, if I'd been doing it, well, I wouldn't have done it as a business owner because it would have been a waste of time and money. Mm. Um, neither of which when I started out, I could afford. <laughs> <laughs> so you worked uh, as a, as a senior, senior manager, um, with McDonald's for 27 years. Yeah. Um, in an, oh, in that different... ages me, doesn't it, Alex? <laughs> 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 I started out as a very small child. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a length of, you know, it's a, quite a hefty, uh, length of time, which is, which yeah. is remarkable. Um, and in different areas, I would say as well, while I've been with McDonald's, yes. you know, what kind of, um, you know, what was it like working there? You know, what, you know, what was a, a week look like? What did that look like for you? Oh, crikey. Um, I, I think that's what I loved about, uh, about the business was that very few weeks were actually the same. Um, I, I, and certainly, certainly within the restaurant environment, although day to day you'd think, well, it's exactly the same. You know, you, you get up, you come in, you open the restaurant, um, <clears throat> you set everything up for the day, customers come in. But there was so much... Um, there were so many things that that would happen over the course of a day and obviously working with all of the different um, people in the team. So, you know, in the, um, in the restaurant, when I, when I managed the restaurant, um, I had a team of 50 to 60, I um, can't remember exactly how many. Um, and, and it was a you know, million pound business and there was a, you know, we had a small team of, of managers. So it was, there was constantly something different that came up. There was always a lesson to be learned um, over the course of a day or a week. Um, and then when I moved into the, um, the office environment, which is, which is when I became a, a senior manager, um, <clears throat> you know, one, one day I'd be, um, one day I'd be uh, managing the, the uh, head office, for example, and, and making sure that all of the support systems were in place for all of the other departments. Um, and the next I'd be um, looking after the corporate villa um, that they had in in Portugal and having to go out there and check it out. And, <laughs> um, so it, it, it you know it was customer services. Um, I heard of customer services for a while, and that was that was the one time. Much as I I loved because I actually I set up the first customer services department in McDonald's, um, which was amazing that they didn't have one from day one. Um, but but I set it up and I had the opportunity to develop the systems and and develop my own team, bring you know cherry pick my own team to to build it up. But it was the one place where once it was all set up and running smoothly, I got bored mm. um, because that was 
the same thing over and over and over again. And there's only so many times you can listen to somebody saying that they went through the drive through and their fries were missing <laughs> or their cup of coffee was cold uh, before you just get really weary of it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was very varied. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the things that, um, that I, one of the many things actually that I learned from McDonald's mm. about the way to keep your people engaged and keep them challenged and on their toes is to not let them um, get too comfortable in any one position. Um, and they wanted you to move around the organization and develop um, different skills, new skills, um, take what you were good at and use it in a, a different department or a different area, area of the business. Um, and I, I really, I really enjoyed that. I loved working within, within McDonald's. And um, there was so, so focused on, um, on training, training the, the employee and developing the person. And I, and I felt that from day one, right, right up until the, the day I left. And I, and I tried to, and do the same for for the teams that I worked with. Amazing. Um, because you, you you want to feel like you're an individual, and actually, uh, and this is this is something that that only really struck me when I, I reflected on it fairly recently. The reason I wanted to leave ultimately was because the business became so big, and actually stopped to an extent. Um, I, I, I stopped feeling like it cared for me as an individual and it was more, um, they wanted to get more and more and more out of me. Mm. Um, and, and that was when I knew that it was, it was time for time for me to go because we'd, we sort of gone separate ways to, to a certain extent. Um, and that, that's a, I think that's a lesson for every successful small business that as you grow, um, as a business owner, don't lose sight of the fact that you have people working with you, um, not just, you know, human resources. I hate that expression because mm. it's everything. It, it says everything to me about the way corporate entities can often treat their people. Mm. Um, you know, they forget that they're individuals with their own, um, uh, their own motivations, their own cares outside of work and, and so on. Do you feel like are they, you know, you've hit the nail on the head from a culture perspective. Do you feel like, um, and by the way, you know, I've, 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 I've saw you speak, uh, Mariana, I've read your book. It's absolutely phenomenal. And you've actually got me obsessed with culture. And would you say that, you know, people need to mindful of that instead of looking people as a number in oh, an organization, they need absolutely. to actually start looking at them as a, as a person. Is that, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I just believe that engaging, engaging a team, you know, whether, whether you, you're just about to hire your, your first person um, or you've got a team of 20 to 50, you know, engaging your team and keeping them on side and having everybody pulling in the same direction you can't do that if you if you don't understand who they are as individuals and um, and understand what each of them brings to the party because we are all different and we are all we all have um, different skills we have different ways that we like to uh, communicate or that we need to be communicated um, to um, you know the, there's 
you've got to know the individual people mm-hmm. in order to engage them. Um, I, 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 I mean, I mentioned football already with Gary Neville and I am, I am a football fan and don't <laughs> judge me, but I am a Manchester United fan. <laughs> and <laughs> even though I came from the Northeast, that was my dad's fault. He loved <laughs> best, best law in Charlton. <laughs> um, so I never stood a chance really. But anyway, um, Alex Ferguson for me was one of the best people managers because he knew who to put an arm around, who to kick, um, who to um, who to remove from the business when when they just started causing trouble or you know if they if they were upsetting the team, um, and I think an awful lot of business owners um, put up with or settle for. Um, individuals in their team because they are very good at what they do. And even though they are causing disruption, they're causing unrest, the rest of the team are looking to the business owner going, when are you going to get rid of this person? Or when are you going to sort them out? Or, you know, and the business owner hangs on to them because they're, they're afraid of the gap that they will leave if they go. Mm. But actually the rest of the team will just automatically become come closer together when that when that one bad penny is removed um and and i do believe that ferguson was very very good at seeing that um and acting on it straight you know straight away he didn't he didn't let it you know let's see how it plays out he just no the team is more important let's mm. look after the team um and and that for me is a big lesson for for us all really and um, that the team is always more important than um, than any in, one individual within it. I love that. I absolutely love that. So you've obviously, you know, tw- you've had lots of experiences in, in McDonald's. You've learned about, you know, training, culture, development, um, systems. And in fact, before I go on to my next question, I've watched the film Founder uh, with Ray Kroc and obviously read the book. Is it just like that in McDonald's? You know, is it is it that kind of um, strict with the systems? The chips have yeah. got to be a certain kind of salt? <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. It, it's well. It, it's if I, the the expression I always use is there's only one way to cook French fries, and it's it's the right way for McDonald's, and everybody does it in that way, no matter where you are in the world. Mm. And if it was if it was anything other than that, then they wouldn't have been able to scale as they have. They wouldn't be as reliable. Um, as they are, people, you know, people wouldn't know what to expect if they went into, you know, Croydon or into Shanghai, I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, it's that that having one right way to do everything is really crucial. And I often get, you know, sort of chucked back at me. Oh, yes, but doesn't it take away, you know, from the the personal aspects of of what you're doing or doesn't it stop people being creative? Well, no, because even in the most creative businesses, there's a there's a sort of foundation level of things that all need to be the same. Mm. Um, you know the, how the um, I don't know how an email is sent to a client. You know you don't have to be creative about that. You can have a template email that saves time, and and you know you just fill in the blanks. Um, or you can have a template email, and if you want to personalize it, you can. But the basis of it. You, you know, you don't miss the detail because the basis of it is is the same. Um, you know, <clears throat> how you work the photocopier, how you all of these very basic routine um, tasks mm. should be there should be one right way to do them all. 
And then add the creativity on, on top of that if you're in a, a creative worker environment. Within McDonald's, um, it's, it, it's just an incredibly systemized business. It, you know, it really is, um, it, you, you, you talk about the founder, mm. that tennis court scene um, has probably been replayed in, um, in the test restaurant out in America thousands of times. You know, they are constantly looking to shave off a second um, in the delivery of a, of a product without impacting quality. You know, the, the, they are constantly looking for improvement. Um, and the whole idea of continuous improvement is <laughs> battered into you. It's, it's bred into you, mm. um, right? You know, from, from day one, nobody, nobody is, ever, is ever allowed to say, oh, that was, you know, that was good enough. It's right, how can we improve? How can we improve? How can we do this better? Um, and uh, crikey, it can become quite tiring after a while when you're mm. constantly, you know, having to improve. But but it's great. It keeps you challenged. And it, with the with a with a team, you, you're saying about culture. If you've got a um, a culture where everybody is constantly challenged, even if it's you know, once a quarter, to look back at how we did and what we could what we could have done better what lessons did we learn you know let's pat ourselves on the back for things we did we, we did really well um and 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 let's analyze what made them so good so that we can repeat that but let's also look at at, at the lessons that we learned um and it's one of the things with um because obviously we, we work a lot with the managers of successful business owners. Mm. Um, and one of, the, one of the things they struggle with is, uh, is developing a learning environment where it's actually okay to give and receive constructive feedback as long as it's constructive. Mm. Um, you know, because people get so het up about, about giving feedback they just oh what's mm. what's the reaction going to be am i going to get tears or am i going to get punched or you know what's what's the reaction going to be when actually if it's if feedback is given constructively and just made the norm you know we give and receive feedback that's what we do we want to constantly learn it's not a blame game it's it's feedback mm. then you develop that culture that learning environment where everybody's looking for it they, they mm. want it. One business I work with called a growth feedback. And that's exactly what it should be. It should be, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning. Every time you give me feedback, I'm learning something new. I'm, I'm, I'm bettering myself. Um, and it's great for, for the culture when you, when you can build that environment. But unfortunately, it's, it's something that so many, so many people managers struggle with. Mm. Um, just because they're, they're not taught the right way to do it, so they you know they struggle. So that's um, so let's go let's let's go into into that. So you obviously you've you've left McDonald's now. You've got these amazing insights around you know culture development, training systems, etc. Um, and you've already mentioned that you, you help managers in organisations. So if I was to ask you, you know, Marianne, what do you do in business? What would you say? Uh, I would say that I enable business owners to uh, develop the systems and the structure that they need in order to free themselves from the day-to-day of the operation, but also to build a high-performing, highly engaged team. Mm. So it's giving, for me, it's 
making sure that you give the team the systems that they need in order to take ownership for what they do. And that's, that's the, the really big thing. If your team have ownership for what they do, because you've developed one right way to do everything, you've trained them, trained the team to follow that one right way. You are giving them feedback if they, you know, if they go off track or, or whatever, then they take ownership for, for what they do. And that frees you as a business owner to get on and, and, and work on your business. Mm. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure that your crowd, Alex, have all read the e-myth. <clears throat> and mm. if they haven't, I would encourage them to read the e-myth. Mm. Um, and it, obviously in the e-myth, it, it talks about working on your business, not in it. Well, you can't work on your business, not in it, if you don't have a team that knows what they're doing and takes ownership for it. And if you've got a, a bigger team, if you don't have a manager in place who can look after the, uh, the organization of the day-to-day, who can be the team's day-to-day mentor, um, who can look after their, uh, their performance management, sit down and give them one-to-ones and so on. Um, and a lot of business owners recognize the need for uh, putting a manager in place and they promote a manager out of the team but then they don't give them the development that they need to become a good manager. You know, even the basic skills like um, how to delegate, how to train, um, how to run an effective meeting, uh, how to how to give feedback, um, how to how to manage um, the boss's expectations. You know, mm-hmm. really basic stuff that. Well, through over the over the course of my career with McDonald's, the manager's development program was was an ongoing program that you um, that you dipped into almost every year. So it was manage, MDP manager's development program one, two, three, four, mm. five. And it was just a a building building on the skills on building on your management skills as you progress through the business. In a lot of small successful businesses. The managers, if they're lucky, get sent on a, a one-week course or a, um, a one-day, sometimes, a one-day um, training program. And, and that's, what, that's all, the, all of the development they get. Um, often because the business owners themselves had to learn on the job about people management. So, so they, they don't necessarily feel qualified to train their own manager but then they don't train them at all. And, and an awful lot of managers struggle because of that. Mm, okay. Um, so with regards to, you know, managers, because managers can be, you know, varying. Is it any manager or, or, or business that you work with? Is it service-based, product-based? Is it a, a, a decent size of team? Yeah, no, it's, it's, really, it's really any manager who's either new to the job or, um, or, who's, or who's struggling. I mean, we, we, we focus on the manager's um, of our, you know, sort of ideal client, if you like. So, so anybody that's got a um, a team of five people plus, um, who where the business owner is currently having to manage all of the individuals while trying to manage and grow and and develop the business. Hmm. Um, you know, they've they've put a manager in place, and it's those it's those people that that we are looking to because, you know, they. they the, the bigger organizations, the, and certainly the corporates, they often have their own manager, manager development programs in place. 
or um, you know, or they've they've got the um, they've got the money to put people through MBAs or uh, you know other longer term uh, programs that will that will en- en- enhance their skills. Um, so we're you know we're we're really looking to to help out the small successful business who just they, they just need somebody in place who can. Um, who can engage the team, build the team, develop the team, um, and just look after the day-to-day operation. Right. Okay. So with this, you know, with your ideal, you know, target client of five plus with teams, um, what's the common symptoms they would experience by not having this thing in place? Is it frustration, sleepless nights? Can they go away on a holiday and, you know, stress-free? What kind of, you know, feedback have you got? Yeah, that, that's exactly. Well, we've 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 had a we've had a few who were um, tearing their hair out to the extent that they wanted to systemize the business to get rid of it. They just they just wanted out. They mm. they wanted to sell, um, and once they found that they could have their business, uh, they have the cake and eat it effectively. They could have the business running smoothly without them having to get involved in the um, the day to day trials of of people management, um, as they always see it. Um, then they, you know, they fell back in love with the business and they, and they carried on. Others just wanted to reduce their time in their current business because they had other projects that they, you know, the typical entrepreneur, they had their other projects that they wanted to, to get going with. They'd already got bored with business one. They wanted business two and three set up. Um, and so they, you know, they want to get that, that structure in place. Um, some business owners who gen, genuinely want to sell um, and others who just want, um, they just want their business to run smoothly. They want uh, an easier life for their team and for themselves. Mm. Um, and they recognize that, um, that having a, a more um, systemized way of doing everything, um, having a better structure around them will be better for the whole business. It'll allow them to scale and to grow. Um, and they, to be honest, they are really my favourites. <laughs> I'm allowed <laughs> to have favourites. They, they, they're the ones that I that I really love working with because they, um, you know, they they really. Some of our clients are very hands off. It's like come in, work with work with my managers, or work with my manager and my team, um, and and you know, and and get it sorted, sort of thing. Mm. Uh, the manage the business owners who really understand um the benefit to them and to their people and it's down to culture again isn't it it's down to you know i really care about my team and i want i want them each to fulfill their their potential um and i want this team to you know to grow and develop with me and to benefit from our growth and development they they are the ones that i that i really love working with Um, we we do work with some that are um you know, fewer than fewer than five five people, um, but who've got a real sort of um, they've got a, a clear vision of of how quickly they want to develop a team. Mm. Um, so sometimes we work with people who are you know just about to to hire their their first employee and just help them to get that right, um, help them to focus on getting the values you know the values match right first. Mm. Um, which is just so important. I mean, I, I, I think I might have said to you that I, I, I made a big mistake um, myself once with them. Um, I had somebody who looked perfect for the, for the role and I didn't dig enough into their values. And after a 
a few months, it just became really clear that that we just were not a good we just weren't a good match for each other in terms of in terms of our values. And then, even though it was only it only been a few months, it was really quite painful mm-hmm. um, to to remove them from the business. So, <clears throat> I'm a I am a big believer in. Um, in hiring right first time and not settling for the best of a bad bunch. Um, Great insight. It's, oh, it's so, it's so easy. You've gone through the whole pain of hiring and then you, you know, you get this, you know, you interview five or six people and, and then you're going, well, they were the best. Oh, and you Mm. take them on and then you, you know, it's just don't, don't take them on. Don't settle. (laughs) Go back to the drawing board and start again. It's just it's so much, so much better for you and your business. Let's uh, let's let's dive into that. You know, you so we've talked about the problems that many of you know clients face, or, or managers, or organisations face with teams. You know, um, around the five mark, um, team members. Sorry, around the five yeah. mark. What kind of um, you know what things do you teach? What what are the steps that enable your clients to? you know, have remarkable results. So they have less of these problems. Yeah. Well, the, the, the first thing that we, that we usually um, look at with clients is their, is their whole customer experience system, what their customer journey looks like. Um, and we do, do an exercise I absolutely love doing where we get a big sheet of brown paper, um, draw tram lines on it for each, you know, for client, uh, the boss, the manager, whoever, all the different areas of the business, the, the IT systems that they use and so on. Mm. And then we map it out step by tiny step what happens all the way along the client journey. And the insights that come out of that, um, the the blocks that we that we're able to highlight, the inefficiencies, the duplication, the you know the waiting for the boss for three days to be around to make a decision when actually it could have been made by um, you know by the team member who had the knowledge but didn't have the trust uh, or wasn't trusted, um, and it, it's a it's a really great way of um, showing the business owner how compl- how complicated they've made their actually very simple customer journey mm. um, and from that then we're able to um, look at okay so what are what's you know what's the priority for for action here what are the what are the biggest issues mm. um, and what what needs to be what what are the quick wins you know what can we do immediately to to resolve this um, and quite often quite often it's a it's a training training issue um, people just don't fully understand how to do their role, um, or there are there are a number of ways to do individual tasks, and that that's that, that's actually probably the most common one. Um, that as the business has grown, um, all of the individuals within the business have created their own way of doing things, and there isn't that one right way. And it, it just builds inefficiency into, into the, the customer journey. So we'll, you know, we'll spend a day with the, with the key team or with the whole team, depending on the size of it, um, just mapping out that journey and looking at uh, what, what, could stream, what could streamline it. What, could we, um, what elements could we take out? Um, what need to, what um, systems need to be slightly adapted? Um, can we create one right way to do every task along the customer journey now? 
Um, and then we, we set a plan from that as to, as to you know, how we'll work with them to get that done or set them on their, set them on their way to do it themselves if they've, um, if they've got it on day one. And, and some, some, um, some teams do just get it. Right, yeah, great. So we need to do how-to videos. Right, let's go. <laughs> um, and after that, then we look at, we look at who's in the team um we we do we do a survey um with the team ourselves just to get a feel for uh, who's in the team their level of commitment to the to the business what they love what they don't love so much um what they would improve on if it was their business that sort of thing um and then when we meet the team in the in the customer journey exercise you can just certainly it's something that I've I've learned over time is is how to spot the people who are in it for themselves, and how to spot those who are really in it for the team. Um, and so we'll sit down with the business owner and um, map map who's in the team, and look at what their potential is, what their what their performance is, um, what their contribution to the team is. Um, you know, are they actually adding value to the team or are they just working you know plowing their own furrow not interested in the team Mm. um just doing what they need to do and and going home so so we look at um you know is there anybody in the team who really needs to go um and if there is then we you know we help the the business owner to to manage that um are there people who need to be developed okay how do they need to be developed is it just a simple um, is it just that they simply need training in doing what they do? Um, you know, how, do, how does that work? Incredible. And would you say, you know, this is all in, you know, because um, I've read your book, there's, there's four steps. Um, would, you, yeah. would you cover all of those throughout a six-month period or is it a year or is it, you mentioned ongoing thing. How many times would you, would you check in on the managers that you, you're yeah, working well, with? Yeah, if we if we're working if we're working with a with a client in house, um, that we we tend to either do a um, what we call a twelve week sprint, um, which is where where a client just wants they just want to get it sorted and they want to get it sorted fast, and they are they commit to doing a level of um, a level of work every week, and we commit to checking that work, making sure that it's. Um, you know, simple, logical, repeatable, um, and that you know it's it's of good quality. We sign it off. They go away, do another week's work, and it, and it works like that for 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 twelve weeks. The, but it's it's that's very particular to very particular types of business, and it's <laughs> yeah. not something I would recommend for everybody unless unless you have <laughs> mm. a lot of uh, a lot of capacity for doing a lot of work very quickly. Um, the so so generally speaking we'll work with a business um for six months um there was one business i worked with for three years and to be honest i wouldn't ever want to do that again uh, i mean i love the team um you know we 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 did a lot of great stuff together but but actually i want to be able to walk away having um having taught the business to fish yeah <laughs> rather than keep catching them fish um, for, a, for a longer period. So six to nine months would, um, would be what I would want to be working with, it, with the team. Um, that's the period I'd want to be working with the team, um, mm. which sort of coincides with um, our 
Systems Mastery Online program. And that's, um, that's video-based training, but it comes with a monthly mentoring accountability call. Because uh, one of the things I, I, you know, I've bought a lot of online programs myself in the past and, mm-hmm. and be all be enthusiastic and yes, I want to do this. Um, but with no, with no follow-up, nobody to sort of do my homework for. <laughs> accountability, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that whole accountability piece. Um, I, you know, I, I just ended up wasting money. So I was determined that if, if we were going to do an online program, it was going to have mentoring accountability calls because people need to, ha- they need to come and ask questions. They need to um, challenge your thinking. You know, I, I, you know, you said this in the video, what does that really mean? What does, you know, what does that look like in practice? What do I, what do I need to do in this situation? Um, and I think that's really important that somebody's got the opportunity to ask you questions um, and, and, and to be held to account. So, uh, you know, they come onto the the accountability call, and <clears throat> before they come on, they have to complete their accountability sheet. You know, what what's been great about um, the last month? What have you you know What have you achieved? What lessons have you learned? What challenges are you facing? What questions have you got? And coming, having filled in that sheet, coming on the call, they are much more focused. I'm able to be. Um, uh, much more focused and and on it because I've had chance to read in advance um, what their what their questions are and and, and prepare myself um, and you know really sort of think things through so I'm not just shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, so those so those calls are, are are really really important and I think with with anything to do with systemizing your business and and developing structure, there needs to be a degree of hand holding. You know, I, I, I don't, as I said, said earlier, I hate it when a business owner just says, come in and systemize my business because that's like abdicating responsibility. I don't want to do it. You come in and do it. Well, no, that's, that can't be how it works because mm. when I walk away um, or when I stop giving you input, you're just going to go back to, to the way you were. You've got to buy in. Mm. You've got to see the benefit of what we're doing together and also, you know, you've got to see the results. And I, you know, I want to work with people to 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 deliver on that. So whether it's going into a business or working, you know, over over a Zoom call, you've got to see. For me, you've, I've I've got to see that that commitment. I've got to see that willingness and and eagerness to to learn what it's all about and to and to implement it, because ultimately. <clears throat> systemizing your business doesn't have to be scary or hard work. It's actually really straightforward. You just have to put aside a bit of time every week or every month to make it happen. And if mm. you do that, it's like you stick a stick in the ground. You decide you're going to systemize your business today. What are you going to do this week and next week and the week after that's going to just take you incrementally to a systemized business. Mm, long-term success, right? That's what you're absolutely, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've started to notice a, you know, a bit of a common theme with, with um, business owners and, and leaders in organizations that they're becoming more receptive to, to coaching and mentoring as, as you know, in 2020 now. Um, why do you think this has changed or, or why do you think it is changing to, you know, that organizations are, you know, bringing people in to coach and mentor them? Yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting one, Alex, because it, it's um, 
I think to a degree it's it's actually generational. Mm. Um, I think there are there are still <laughs> some old curmudgeons out there who <laughs> oh you can't teach me anything. Yeah. Um, and, and don't they feel that they they feel that they should know how to do everything themselves, mm. um, or they look at their business and go. Phew, look at, you know, I'm, I'm doing a million pounds a month or I'm, you know, I'm doing three million a year, whatever it might be. Um, I'm doing okay. What do, why do I need to change? Um, but I think there are an awful lot of, um, uh, an awful lot of entrepreneurs who just want an easier life, actually. Um, they want to, they want to have that balance. They want to have, um, the the harmony as I prefer to call it actually rather than balance because if you if something's in balance it automatically puts something else out. Mm. They want to have harmony between um their work and their life and they get that they need to do something different and learn from other people's experience um in order to in order to achieve that. Um, and I do think I think because um there is an awful, uh, coming from, uh, put it another way, coming from, coming from corporate where everything was about um, showing how good you were, showing, you know, never showing weakness, always, um, <clears throat> you know, so competitive, such a competitive environment, um, the, the corporate world. Um, I'm sure you found that in the police as well, which, mm. which funnily enough, actually, is always... Um, when I look at the organization that McDonald's is most like, I always look to the police force Um, very hierarchical and, Mm. you know, you, you, you want to get to the next level and the next level and the next level. Um, Maybe that wasn't your experience, but that's always, that's always how, how I, uh, how I look at it. Yeah. Um, But the, these days, and certainly amongst entrepreneurs and, and the business owners that, that I'm surrounded by and and that I um, interact with, there's a um, a willingness to be vulnerable. There's a willingness to, um, you know, to show weakness, to um, to say, you know, I, I don't know everything, or I cocked up, or oh my god, I had such a disaster with that. Um, but to learn the lessons, always to 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 learn the lessons, and I think that that vulnerability not only of the business owners, but also of the coaches and mentors that work with them. You know, there's, I, I have a couple of mentors myself and they never act like they know everything. Mm. And that makes me trust them more because, you know, they, they admit to um, I don't know, gaps in their knowledge or experience or they, um, they will tell you about failures that they had to to make the point you know to to give you the lessons from it to save you from from going through the same thing and having to learn the lessons they just tell you what the lessons are up front Mm. and i think that i think that has encouraged um and encouraged entrepreneurs to to be more open to this type of person i mean don't get me wrong you know you go on social media today and you will find people who are still Johnny Big Bollocks out there <laughs> telling you how brilliant they are and how if you come and work with them, they'll, you know, 10 times your business. And, mm. um, and, and, but there's a lot of, there's an awful lot of 
smoke and mirrors out there. The people that I the people that I buy into and want to learn from are are the ones who um, who show show that level of, of vulnerability, who are um, more humble, not not um, not stupidly humble. You know, they they they're confident in in what they know and what they have to share with you and how it will benefit you. Um, but they don't try to be all things to all people. They they sort of they they can get their get their arms around what they have to give to to you, give to the world, um, and they and they can share that message very clearly. Mm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, absolutely. Um, what would you say? You know, um, is the greatest value that that your company brings? Um, you know, is it reassurance or or is it something different? I think. I think it's that um, consistency from chaos thing. Mm. Um, I think because we do, the language that the, I've always been a big believer in in keeping things simple. I think um, simplicity is hugely underrated, um, and I like to keep things simple. And that that comes right down to the language that I use around around process and systems. I rarely use the word process because even that very simple word conjures up something that is bureaucratic, dull, Hmm. dry, boring. Um, It shrinks a little bit of my soul every time I say it, which is why I try (laughs) to avoid it. (laughs) It's, you know, but there are much, you know, much worse words, you know, lean six sigma, um, ISO 9001, and I, I know that all of these things have their place, but for most, in fact, I'd almost go as far as to say for all successful small businesses, if you were able to say to somebody, um, <clears throat> what I'm talking about is you having one right way to do everything in your business, and that one right way to do every task just needs to be simple, logical, and repeatable. And that all you need to achieve that is a how-to guide. And that the simplest way to to create that how-to guide is to record yourself doing the task, particularly if it's an online task, record yourself doing the task online, press record as you start doing the task, talk to the screen, press stop when you finish, and you have one right way of doing something. You have a training guide that you can give to a new a new team member or or to an existing team member and say, watch this video. This is how I want you to do this task going forward. Mm. And and it's as simple as that. It's it's really not. It's it's so far from being rocket science. It's mm. untrue. It's so simple. And I think for for me, that's what that's how we help business owners the best. We just take the pain away from from systemizing your business. It's, mm. it, it's just one how-to guide at a time. Just create mm. that one right way. It's as simple and straightforward as that. You take like, away the complexi- complexity, yeah, right? Absolutely. Take away the, that whole fear, pain. Oh God, this is a massive task. It's so complex. No, it's not. It's actually really simple. This mm. is the way we do things around here. This is our one right way to do this, 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 and so on. Um, yeah, simple. Incredible, incredible. And, you know, with 
with regards to uh, your marketing, you know, what kind of marketing works best for you, and how do you how do you get your message across so that it, it resonates with you know the people that you want to work with? Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm going to be very vulnerable and honest here, Alex. Marketing mm-hmm. is still um, something that I don't feel we do well enough. Um, you know. I, I, there's one of my mentors consistently tells me that I'm the world's best kept secret (laughs) (laughs) or my business is rather. Um, But what, what the way I like to market is to get out and talk to people. Mm. So, um, you know, doing things like this podcast or getting up and speaking or um, uh, doing an article for, you know, we, we we work with a, um, a PR company, which is a very underrated way of marketing your business. I think, um, and you know, getting yourself into publications that entrepreneurs, both online and, and offline entrepreneurs, will, will read or newspapers or whatever. Um, <clears throat> that's the way I like to market. But I also believe increasingly in the power of video mm. um, as a marketing as a marketing tool. Um, and and I've put a, an awful lot of focus. Um, on it in the certainly in the last 12 months and have planned for for the coming 12 months and uh, just little we've we've got marianne's monday minute um at the at the moment and just that little one minute although actually often it sort of stretches to two but mm-hmm. um but that that one minute and on a on a monday that people can just count on and it's just a little tip and it just you know um they subscribe to it. They watch it for a minute, and it's well, right? Okay, it just makes them think differently. It's- it does. I, you know, I just want to say I, I watch those, and I watch the ones we I get an email from you on a Sunday night as well. And yeah. Just uh, like I think the last one was about productivity, and I just yeah. think it, they're just great insights that a lot of business owners can get from them. So yeah, and so, I yeah, think they are great. I, and I think that's thank you for that. Uh, but I think that is the that it, for me that's the key. It's being visible. It's being a constant. Um, a constant presence, a constant thought leader, if you like, or, or just um, uh, thought disruptor, maybe. Um, just get the is regularly and consistently um, out there, getting people to to think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's that's really um, that's really my my focus in in terms of in terms of marketing. Um, I mean, you know, driving campaigns. Um, that's something that you know we we've we've been bitten a couple of times by campaigns that that we've run, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that you know we're getting better at as we as we go along. Because um, you, you're always that's that's what I always I, I love about being um, being an entrepreneur is that it's constant learning and mm-hmm. you learn from everybody. You know you you learn from people that you don't like people that you do like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you see, you see something and, and you just like, Oh God, that would, would that work in my business. How could <laughs> I use that? Uh, I, I love that. I love that constant learning um, and, and expanding your mind. Of course. And actually, the, the other big thing, the other um, major marketing tool, obviously, because mm-hmm. you mentioned it already is, um, or rather are my books yep. because they're out there constantly working for me when I don't even know that they're working for me. And I, I, I will um, fairly regularly get a call from somebody who said, I've just, I've just finished your book and I, you know, I, I want to work with you. I've just finished your book and I wanted to talk to you about whatever. Mm. Um, and that, that, that actually 
makes my heart sing. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> of all of the marketing tools, the book is just the one that really, when somebody's taken the time to read something that you've written um, and, and actually wants to work with it, it yeah, uh, yeah it, it really really makes me uh, makes my heart sing yeah and you know I'm, i've got your simple logical repeats in front of me now and the amount of tags that i've got posted in this book just to recap and summarize from it is just remarkable and that's a sign of a good book for me um and one key thing you know we've actually took from it in in shift success is is to create um dashboards more often on, on yeah. the cpis you talk about in your book um yeah. critical performance indicators and i just think it's gold it's something i've never heard before and uh from just reading that alone, you know, we've, we've actually got the team to, to mobilize and uh, create something around a dashboard for, for the business. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, with regards, so you've mentioned marketing, predominantly, you know, all about your publications, your books, and obviously the content you put out on the social media, um, which is awesome. What, you know, looking back on your career so far of being an entrepreneur, what would you say has been one of your biggest learning points? Mm, biggest learning point well going right back my biggest learn was that um the corporate world and small business speak a completely different language um it took me a good 18 months to to stop speaking corporate mm. <laughs> to to come down to the um to come down to the not come down that sounds terrible not to come down at all definitely not <laughs> definitely not coming down but just to just to talk in small business terms you know to to recognize that um the financial aspects of anything that you're going to do actually are going to be front and center mm. um and yes people want the benefit but they've got to be able to afford the benefit um and the other big big learn for me um came came quite a bit later actually and that was around um uh, about the the way i operated my business from a financial perspective mm-hmm. um I, I i i am a big believer and actually my my father taught me to be to be a big believer in investing in your business um and investing in yourself and and i still i still do believe in that but i don't it can't be done at the expense of the health of your, the financial health of your business. Mm. And there was a stage um, where I was spending more than I was, um, more than I was bringing in, mm. um, in terms of, you know, development programs and mentors and, and so on. And, and, and it was, um, I needed to then invest personally in the business, which, you know, luckily I was, luckily or unluckily, I'm not sure about this, I was able to do, um, where a lot of, a lot of business, a lot of business owners can't do that. And they put themselves into debt in order to, to um, invest in the business. And don't get me wrong, there are lots of success stories from people who are now, you know, millionaires, multimillionaires, who, you know, sold their house to go on, um, go on to a, a course that they'd seen in America and oh my god they 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 got lucky is mm. possibly a bit a bit too um a bit too strong it's but, the exception not the rule right but it's the exception not the rule and and I I really believe that make the money first then invest make the money then invest and make sure that 
um, you know, I, happily, my business is now financially healthy, and you know, we're 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 doing great, and and I can I can invest as and when I I need to. But it it was very. I mean, it was. I, I remember being in tears when I I sat down with this. Um, it was actually a friend who has become a, a sort of financial mentor, mm. and uh, and she just said. What, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, your business owes you this much. You've planned to invest this much and you're only making this much. What are you doing? And she'd had several conversations with, with other business owners that, that I know along the same lines. And it's just a real wake up call. Um, and I think that in what well, I've, as my thinking has evolved and my experience has evolved, um, I've added to the four foundation systems that are in Simple Logical Repeatable, mm. um, a system that's all about um, systemized sales and another mm. that's all about having a, a sound money in, money out system. You know, a, a system that monitors what your expenses are, that checks once a year that you're getting rid of subscriptions that, that you n- never use anymore or, you know, whatever it might be, those small um, those small incremental um, amounts of money that all add up. Mm. Um, and, and I think those growth systems, in addition to the fourth foundation, four foundations, um, will make a big difference to, a, to an awful lot, certainly of, of our existing clients and also our future clients, because they are vital. You can't, mm. you know, you, you can build a great business, but then if you just, you know, it, it would, it would, I, can't, I can never remember the expression, revenue is... Um, Revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. Is it is that the right one? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's it's just so true. You you know you your business has to be profitable in order for you to to properly scale and grow. So mm. you can put everything into place, but then if you don't have any sales and you're not looking after the money that you bring in, um, so yeah, that that was that was a, a really quite a, a major lesson for me, and and thankfully one that I learned from. So. Incredible, incredible. And regards to you know people you know working with yourselves, um, you know that you have two. You have a mission to to manage managers in a development training, and that's for six months online. And you have uh, the systems mastery. Um, do you want to talk more about that for the listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, mission mission to mission to manage. I, I'm actually just about to sign off the first draft of the mission to manage book. Fantastic. <laughs> that, I, that I've just written. But mission to manage is really um, uh, the basics that I learned as a manager within uh, within McDonald's. You know, getting those really crucial basics in place um, month by month. So <clears throat> it's really focused on those things that I talked about earlier, how to train, how to delegate, how to give feedback, how to manage your boss, um, each in, in just modules, six, six modules. And then once a month, everybody comes on a, a, a group mentoring accountability call, which I, I do love group calls for, for what you learn from other people. Mm. Um, you know, you're not just learning from the person who's running the call. You're learning from, from other people's experiences and challenges. Um, so, yeah, so mission mission to manage is um, is the manager's development program, and systems mastery really is for is for those people who want to get into their systems, who want to understand what it's all about in in terms of how how we do it. So you know how they can make it easier on themselves, um, and that's over nine months. 
Um, so eight months. So it's it's eight mod. It's similar to the manager's development program. Eight video modules that just chunk the information down. So it's module one. Right. Learn from this. Go and implement it. Try this out. Come to the call. Let's discuss it before you move on to to the next to the next mm. module to the next element of the of of developing your your systems. Um, and for me, that stretching it out over time makes it easier for the individuals who are going through the program because, you know, let's face it, we don't have an awful lot of time as business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to do something as much in your own time as you can to learn, but then you've got to implement it. Um, and that's where the, the mentoring and accountability calls come in to make sure that you're not just sitting on this video program, that you're actually you know, spending time watching the video, but then implementing it in your business um, and and then bringing the challenges to the call. It's so true. You know, I've always said, you know, you can have as many resources, money, mentors, coaches, systems, but if you don't know how to use them or don't use them, they're never going to be enough. You're not going to get the result. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sad the the you know the number of people that that will buy an online program and you're cracking. Let's face it. There is an awful lot of competition out there. There are lots and lots and lots of online programs, but they buy it and then they either don't do anything with it at all, or they sort of dip in and out. Um, and that's, that's why for me, without the calls, those programs are almost useless mm. um, because you've got to be held to account. You know, as, as business owners, who do we have to hold us to account? Mm. <laughs> you know, we, we don't, we do. And uh, you know, I, I'm sure, well, I know that most business owners and entrepreneurs are self-driven, mm. um, but they, they usually have their, um, their pet focus um, mm. the things that well, we all have, the things that we love doing. Yeah. And then, and then there's systemizing your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not right up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Completely get it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, what I like to finish off these podcasts asking is Marianne, what does entrepreneurship mean to you on a personal level? On a personal level, it means freedom. It absolutely means freedom. Having come from the corporate, um, the corporate world where, uh, you know, freedom was being able to work from home once a month, maybe. Um, but even then, worrying that your boss was going to call because that was the sort of environment it was. Um, <clears throat> to being able to do what you want, when you want, when you want to do it. Um, it, it but it, that said, it is interesting because I, uh, my work ethic is such that I still get up at silly o'clock and start working early and <clears throat> will feel not guilty but um I, oh i could have done a bit more today sometimes mm. but um i i have a horse and having a horse has um forced me if you like to um to have much better work-life um harmony because you know, the horse needs looking after. I still need to go and muck it out. Mm. <laughs> um, and that, that, that's given me that, you know, I've got that freedom to do, to do that. Um, I can, you know, I can go on a holiday when I want for as long as I want. Um, 
and you know having systems has has allowed me to be able to do that as well because I know that I can go away I can close my laptop and not open it at all for three weeks if that's what I want to do um it's choices really isn't it mm. um as an, as an entrepreneur you you just have more choices you you may start out earning way less than you did in the corporate world um, certainly for me that was absolutely the case um, <clears throat> you know you may have to um, buy your own car and do your own MOT and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is something that I didn't have to think about for 27 years um, but you've got so so many more choices and the thing I love most about being an entrepreneur is uh, is the time I get to spend with other entrepreneurs, mm. with fascinating businesses, um, just so such creative ideas turned into businesses, uh, amazing people who, you know, whether whether they've got a, you know, whether they're a tiny one-man band or they've grown to a ten million pound business, just the stories and the experiences and the. Um, willingness to share and you know and learn from from one another that that's for me just you, you can't beat that you can't beat that I, I used to think that the world revolved around McDonald's and I you know I saw a lot of the world with McDonald's but when I became an entrepreneur I realized that my very narrow view in my gilded hamster wheel <laughs> mm. had become this Oh my God! This you know, 180 degree. Look, look at look at the world. <laughs> look how big the world is. Look at all these businesses in it. Look, aren't they amazing? Um, and that, that's that's for me what entrepreneurship is all about. Mm. No, that's amazing. That's uh, what you've just explained. There is is the actual outcomes that you provide for your own clients, right? You holiday, yeah, you yeah absolutely, yeah. Freedom. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. That's that's exactly true. That's exactly true. Marianne Page, best-selling author, leader and developer of high-performing teams and systems Jedi. If you're interested in working with Marianne, then please do check out her website, which is mariannepage.co.uk, and in particular, her manager's development training and her systems mastery course. And also, why not check out her business efficiency test to check how systemized your business is. Thanks for watching, and I will see you on the next episode.